Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 19th, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, uh, we're heading into the weekend. I think we're going to have stuff in the feed this weekend. Don't exactly know when. Just depends on how quickly I can get things done, how you can quickly you can get things done. But uh, expect some surprises over the next 36 hours before Sunday hits with a normal scheduled, uh, normally scheduled this week on Broadway. I tell you, if we get them done, it'll be like achievement unlocked. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how doing um, 36 hours of work in 24 hours doesn't actually happen very often. This is true. This is very true. You know who also has an achievement unlocked? I, I do, but why don't you go ahead and lead it into it so I don't spoil the uh, surprise. Okay, a major star signs on for Cat's film after a bad break. Yeah, a bad break that is as old as I am. But anyway, <laughs> James, you'll remember... Back in the year of our Lord, 1981, a little musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber was getting ready to open in London, and a classically trained actress named Judy Dench was set to star in the show Cats as the glamour cat Grizabella. However, during auditions, she tore her Achilles tendon. She had to exit the show, being replaced by Elaine Page, who went on to make the song Memory a household standard. Well... Dame Judy will finally get her chance to star in the show of, of sorts, as Baz Bama Boy from the Daily Mail reported last night that she will play, wait for it, Old Deuteronomy in the upcoming film adaptation of the show. Now, I don't know cats, but I was talking with my Broadway World colleague, Alan Henry, who is a very famously devoted cats fan. And he informed me that Deuteronomy talks about the fact that I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, there's a line, quote, Old Deuteronomy buries nine wives. In fact, it'd be tempted to say ninety nine. So I don't know if they're doing like a gender swapped Old Deuteronomy. Either way, I am all for it, James. Um, and I will take this time to remind people that about two and a half years ago, Dame Judy Dench was a guest here on Broadway Radio, where I asked her about this cat situation ahead of the Broadway revival. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to listen. You know, just she says my name, which was one of the highlights of my life. Um <laughs> She's very lovely. Um, but anyway, James, I, I don't know anything about cats, uh, but I love this. I, you know, the fact that Judy Dench, 30, you know, whatever, however, when this comes out in you know, 38 years later, is finally going to get to be a part of cats. That's awesome. That is totally awesome. And when you texted to me, I thought it was the beginning of some sort of joke. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was legit. Yeah, yeah, you didn't seem convinced. I think I said uh, Judy Dench is doing cats, and he said, and you said, are you sniffing catnip? No, mm -hmm. no, I was being legit there. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, uh, like I said, achievement unlocked for Dame Judy Dench. Yeah, because like, because uh, because like being in the film of Cats is going to make her career. Well, it, it's certainly, it certainly provides the uh, the completeness yes. of it all. Yes. yes. So, all right, awesome. <laughs> Next up in the news, uh, there's a new holiday show coming to the Imperial <laughs> in December. Yes, going from uh, Dame Judi Dench to something that is decidedly not of the same royal stature. Uh, but James. From the producer that brought us last year's Christmas time Broadway hit home for the holidays, beginning on December 7th, the Imperial Theater will welcome <gasps> Reuben and Clay's first annual Christmas Carol Family Fun Pageant Spectacular Reunion Show. That's given uh, Shuffle Along a run for his money there. Um, if it wasn't obvious, because why would it be? The show will feature former American Idol finalists Reuben Stuttered and Clay Aiken, both 
Broadway alums, I might add. Um, the show will run through December 30th, so just a short three-week run. James, the title itself gives me hope that this will be a fun, silly, tongue-in-cheek, goofy show for the holidays rather than a self-serious ode to the holidays, kind of like Home for the Holidays was. Uh, I- I'm not sure that anyone's going to actually buy tickets to this, especially you know, in a house the size of the Imperial. Um, but as you know, we've talked before, we, or at least I would like to see more things like this unusual one-off shows, concerts, one person things that fill in the gaps of theater schedule theaters schedules. I wasn't necessarily thinking Ruben and clay. Um, but I suppose beggars can't be choosers. Um, also it's funny to think that, but were it for 36,650 voters in North Carolina, Aiken could be, in the middle of focusing mm. on his run for a third term in Congress rather than playing a silly holiday show on Broadway. Um, do you know Monty Python on Holy Grail? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. The, the movie? Or, are you yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen it multiple times, but back in my college days, and I don't remember what happened last week, let alone 15, 20 years ago. Sure. But yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I, I'm thinking, you know, if, if this is the same producer as uh, last last year's fiasco, this producer might be up for the Black Knight Award from Monty Python. I don't know if you know the Black Knight. He's the guy who has his arms and legs cut off, and he said, I've had uh-huh. worse. <laughs> I've had worse. Well, that's funny because Clay Aiken made his Broadway debut in Spamalot. Spamalot, yeah. <laughs> Tis yeah. but a scratch. Yes. There you go. <laughs> way, way to bring that full circle. All right. You know, achievement unlocked. All right. Uh, we have some news out of the Tony Awards. We do. Uh, first up, we have multiple things. But first up, the Tony Awards confirmed yesterday what we all expected, that the show will come to the world live from Radio City Music Hall on Sunday, July oh. 9th, and that the Tony eligibility cutoff will be Thursday, April 25th, and that nominations will be announced on the following Tuesday, April 30th. Yesterday, the Eight o'clock? No, 8:15. no, 8.30. 8.30, stop The it. stream's not working. It's not. It never does, and it won't. In fact, some people, <laughs> it won't start at all for some people. But yeah. uh, anyway, yesterday, the administration committee also made public their first eligibility rulings, and nothing was really all that surprising. Uh, but some of the takeaways are that the boys in the band will be considered a revival, not a surprise, and that Jim Parsons will be considered in the lead actor category for his performance in that show, something that is kind of interesting by the fact that it wasn't mentioned. There were no announcements, at least in the acting categories for head over heels, which means that everybody that's eligible in their cast will be considered in the applicable featured performer categories. Now, again, nothing really to see here, James, but it does start to help us, you know, fill in our Tony prediction databases, which I don't actually have, but I probably should. You know, for somebody who's got so many great spreadsheets, it's shocking that you don't have one. I know. Some I really cross, should. Well, cross tabs and things the, like well, that. Well, the thing is, is that I have to put together the database for the Broadway World Awards in the spring, which has literally every single person eligible for even Tony consideration. So eventually I'm going to have to do it. But that's just such a hassle that I don't really start because it'd be redundant if I started now. But I probably should just for kicks and giggles. Hmm. So I wonder, since we joke every year for the past number of years about, you know, the Tony Award announcements, the nominations in the morning and... uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob and some uh, some various uh, pronunciations of of names that you and I struggle struggle over. Yeah. Sure, I love Cat uh-huh. McPhee. I'm not I'm not throwing yeah, shade. Absolutely, but uh, 
with all the issues with the streaming, you know, maybe Broadway HD, this would be a good opportunity for Broadway HD to get out in front of this. You know, uh, they should partner there with the uh, Tony Awards and do that, you know. I mean, I don't want to talk ill of Broadway HD, but, uh, you know, they pretty much just, you know, provide a home for content that other people produce. They don't really do a whole lot of producing on their own. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, uh, you know, they're a platform. Yeah, there you go. They're a platform. Yeah, like Uber. All right. Okay. Uh, More news. Uh, The Broadway League announces stats from the 2017-18 season. Yeah, on Thursday, the Broadway League announced its annual demographics report, and some of the top takeaways were that the average Broadway theatergoer was only 40.6 years old. Whoa. That's a that's, that's low. low. That's the lowest yeah. it's been since the year 2000. In the year 2000. Yeah, anyway. It was a big um, rent year. Was uh, 2000 a big rent year, or was um, rent I, earlier than that? No, rent, rent was... Rent was 97, 97, 97. So it had been a little bit later, but that's a pretty big deal for the, it's the, the, the lowest it's been in, you know, 18, 19 seasons. There was also a record number of attendees under 18 for the second year in a row. This time, 2.1 million, I guess, kids, they're all under 18, um, were, were, were coming into Broadway shows, which is awesome. The report also notes that since the 2010-2011 season, Hispanic and Latino attendance has grown by 61% from 710,000 to 1.14 million, which is fantastic. Um, also in the report, it says that 13.8 million emissions were recorded in the Broadway season overall, and that 63% were from tourists and 66% were women. So let's take in those those big numbers. 13.8 million admissions. That's awesome. And then 66% were women, which seems to be maybe even more than it has been in recent years, James. But it leads us to an interesting, if not oft-repeated point, this time from The Interval uh, yesterday, which tweeted, quote, In the 2017-2018 season, 66% of the Broadway audience was female. Was female. Meanwhile, there were only two new plays written by women. There was only one musical directed by a woman. There were only five plays directed by women. Let's get on that, Broadway producers. Come on now. Um, anyway, James, anything look especially interesting to you in this year's report? And we will have the full report in the uh, the show notes at BroadwayRadio.com, BT-dubs. Uh, no, I was interested uh, in, in what the interval had to say. That was uh, really, really uh, widely disseminated, retweeted. They were ready and mm-hmm. pulled the trigger on that right away. So, uh, yeah, I, 13.8 million admissions and 66% women that's uh you know uh, producers really ought to look at these things and uh recognize uh, one way to grow your audience uh, one way to grow audiences and things like that is keep playing to the people who are your audience and uh let's get more women uh women mm-hmm. written shows written, women design teams women directors women producers i think uh that would be a great way to grow this business that we all adore. I concur. All right. Okay, Matt, what else do we have to talk about today? Okay, this just came in. We're recording a little after 8 p.m. on Thursday, and that means the new Broadway play, which uh, uh, is based on a it has like three different male writers, but is directed by a woman, Lee Silverman. Uh, the Lifespan of a Fact is officially opening as we speak, and we have 
of review currently. And I was hoping by the time the show got to this point that we would have multiple reviews, but we do have one review. But I will remind you, this is the world premiere of Lifespan of a Fact. It was officially opened last night at Studio 54. It stars Danny, uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Bobby Cannavale, and Cherry Jones, and is directed by Lee Silverman. Um, the only review, and I'm refreshing, I'm stalling because I'm refreshing, but nope, just one still. The only review we have is from Matt Winman from AM New York, who said, quote, while the production is lively and centered on three great actors fighting it out, the play itself is rather thin, little more than the back and forth dialogue on which it is based. And the characters are all one dimensional. It is also problematic that the show, unlike the book that it's based upon, is unable to convey the full extent of uh Diagata's uh, essay. This is based on James. You'll remember uh, a real life essay and the fights between the author and editor and a fact checker um, without which the subsequent analysis lacks content. So I've heard really good things about this. It's a lot of fun and great performances, but I would imagine from a literary standpoint, it's hard to really have an interesting discussion about the truthfulness of an essay when you can't actually recreate the essay on stage. Yeah, uh, word of mouth is really tight with this thing. Uh, Adam, see, Adam Feldman's uh, review just came out four stars. I just sent it to you in the uh, in the Skype chat, so why don't you check that out? Um, okay. But uh, certainly, this is full of star power here, and a very very funny show from uh, from what all all people are reporting. Uh, and so, hopefully, um, this will be something that they they've already announced. It's a limited run, correct? Yeah, just a limited run. Um, I'm not exactly sure when it's running through, but they will have Kiss Me Kate coming in oh, right. uh, on mm-hmm. February 14th. So I believe this runs through sometime in early January. Yeah, so let me take a look at that right here. The lifespan, because it's under T for the lifespan, makes me nuts when people <laughs> do that. Closing date, January 13th. Uh, as of right this moment, but who knows? Who knows? We're seeing lots of, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. But um, <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe has been traditionally shunned by the Broadway yeah. um, never awards, got a nomination awards season. So that would be a shame, since uh, if if he's getting great reviews here, if. They weren't going to uh, nominate him because of that one. So let's see what we have. We had Drama Desk, Drama Desk, Drama Desk. Yeah, no Tony nominations. That's a shame. All right, what else you got for us? Okay, uh, a few more stories to get you off into your weekend. First up, after I mentioned that the London production of Company yesterday had extended without a press release, the press reps got on it and sent on a press release, <laughs> uh, confirming that it will now play the Gilgood Theater in the West End through March 30th. However, James, I'm starting to hear some rumors that have caused me to amend a previous prediction that I've been saying fairly regularly here on this show. I had said that Girl from the North Country would be going to the Walter Kerr. In fact, after I'd said it for a week or so, Michael Riedel wrote a column saying the exact same thing. Mm. At the time, I was told by someone who very much would know that, in fact, it was a done deal. However... Last week, that same source told me that it's no longer a done deal and that while Girl from the North Country is intending to come to Broadway this spring, the theater has not yet been determined. That leads to the other rumor floating around, and that is that Jordan Roth, who is a producer on the London production of Company, is planning to bring the show to the Walter Kerr, a theater that is owned by the company that he is the president of Jujamson Theaters, this spring with an American cast led by a major big name movie star who is 
had a rather up and down relationship with the fans, even though I have never found her to be anything less than exceptionally talented and delightful. I haven't heard anything about whether or not Patty Lapone will transfer stateside with the show and then be replaced in London. But keep in mind that when offered the opportunity to bring Les Mis to Broadway all the way back in the late 80s, where she originated the role of Fontaine in, in London, she said something to the effect of that the experience and family atmosphere of doing the show in the original London production at the Barbican was perfect and that she didn't want to have the memories of that sullied by having something that wasn't perfect with a somewhat new cast in New York. So there is precedent in her career not to bring a major show from London to Broadway. So, James, we will have to wait and see if any of this happens. Um, if this big major movie star um, who has been on Broadway once before, I believe, uh, comes with the show, if Patty comes with it, or if Girl from the North Country does, in fact, end up at the Kerr, as was originally planned. Now, moving on. Yesterday, New York City Center announced the cast for their upcoming annual gala, which will be a production of a chorus line from November 14th through 18th. The cast will feature a bunch of really great dancing stars. Jay Armstrong Johnson as Bobby, Tommy Bracco as Mike, Max Clayton as Don, Sarah Esty as Maggie, Robin Herter as Cassie, Yolina Javier as Connie, Jay Elaine Marcos as Val, Melanie Moore as Judy, Ryan Steele as Larry, Tony Yazbek as Zach, and Lee, uh, Lee Zimmerman, not Lee Silverman, talked about her earlier, Lee Zimmerman and her Olivier winning role of Sheila. Original co-choreographer Bob Avian will direct and while original chore uh, original company member and show steward Bayork Lee will choreograph. And finally, yesterday, the one and only Laura Benanti announced that she had organized a new bilingual children's album, Singing You Home, Children's Songs for Family Reunification. It will be released on Friday, October 26th, and will feature tracks from Lin-Manuel Miranda and Mandy Gonzalez, Josh Groban and Adina Menzel, Audrey McDonald and Jason Robert Brown, Kristen Chenoweth, Cynthia Erivo, Laura Benanti and Isabella Preston and Ingrid Michelson, and, and Anna Villafanier with backup vocals by the Broadway Baby Mamas. That's awesome. Uh, the album was conceived by Benanti, who produced with Mary Mitchell Campbell and Lynn uh, Pinto. Proceeds from the album will go towards charities helping to reunify uh, families that were separated by Immigration and Customs Enforcement at the border. If you would like to pre-order the album, uh, there is a link now available, and we will have it in the show notes. It's one of those smart links, so I'm not going to tell you what it is. Just go to the show notes and, and uh, figure that out. So if you'd like any information or any or more information on any or all of these shows, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWMAT. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for wrapping up your week with us. And uh, don't forget that 36 hour starts about right about now. And uh, <laughs> take a listen to what we have in the feed on Saturday and on Sunday this week on Broadway with Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia. And Monday morning, Matt and I will be back in your ears. Talk to you then. 